Welcome to Generous Impact. This is Brett Brummett. And my name is Amanda Brummett. We are joined today by two amazing people from Sagebrush Health, Jamie Dybick, Vice President, and Rod Bell Rodriguez, Director of Community Engagement. In this episode, you'll hear how they are preventing and treating sexually transmitted infections at no cost to patients. They are in the community breaking barriers, spreading awareness, and preventing infections through testing. And they offer extensive treatment at no cost to patients. I think you'll be inspired at their aim to eliminate new infections. Well, Jamie and Rod Bell, thank you both so much for making the time to be here with us today. I would love to start with you sharing with our guests just who you are, both personally and professionally. Oh, great. So my name is Jamie Dybick. Um, I have been in the healthcare field for more than 20 years. Um, I became passionate um, about community health about eight years ago when I opened a medical clinic um, in South Carolina, and that clinic was focused mostly on um, medical care for people living with HIV. Uh, We also had a prevention wing that we did prevention for STIs um, and HIV in that wing. We had mental health for those folks. um, And I started to see really that there was a need for education and that lack of education that people had um, around how STIs were spread, um, how they could protect themselves from STIs and HIV. Um, That was really something that was lacking in um, our society. Um, That was not um, something that we talked about. We didn't talk about uh, sexual health. We didn't talk about how you could protect yourselves. Um, You know, people thought that if they were married, that 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 in and of itself was a protection. Um, It didn't apply to them. Um, And we really had to start educating people on the fact that, um, you know, STIs are, you can contract uh, HIV and hep C through other means other than just sex. Um, And so therefore, if you uh, had sex with your married partner, then you could then transmit that to your married, you know, spouse. Um, And so there was a lot of education still to be had. And since sex wasn't talked about, or it's very, very taboo to talk about sex, um, that education piece was really, really lacking. Um, So I became very, very passionate about that um, and uh, started really getting uh, more involved in uh, that in my career. So that's a lot about my background. And Rod Bell? Hello, good morning. Um, Well, I'm Rod Bell. I I have been doing healthcare for over 12 years. My passion began in 2011. Um, I, I got a job right out of school. It was an HIV practice in Phoenix, Arizona. And I remember when I came in on board, I, I had a lot of fear, right? Um, HIV was very different back then than what it is now. And the education and resources were not as available as they were. So I, I remember I, I took the job mainly because I needed the job. And I, I started working there and I used to be terrified. But little by little, I started educating myself. And and I learned the need that there was in the community and the change that, that us could do, um, the positive impact that we could have on the other end. Um, I feel like that that changed my mind big time. And working with such a great team at, at the time, it was um, it opened my eyes. This is not what you hear about. This is not what people tell you, what you see in the movies or what's on TV. Um, and and since then, like something sparked inside of me, and I was like, okay, I think. I found my path. Um, this is where I want to be. And and ever since I've been involved um, in the field, I've been with Sagebrush um, two years and, and it has been an amazing um, 
journey with the company because without being able to to do what we do and, and provide the services that we do, um, it's been very rewarding. And I feel like I've continued that path that I took since it was like I took a note, like, let's make a change, let's make an impact, and and here we are. So I'm I'm now in Las Vegas. I've been in Las Vegas for four years. I was up in Salt Lake before um and in Phoenix before that. So I've been I've been around a few states just trying to make a the same positive impact um in in different communities. Incredible. I, I love that you you both shared about both the fear of sort of the unknown and um just education and, and learning and things are a lot less scary when we understand them. So um Jamie, I want to ask you before we get too far into the show, I am all for normalizing sexual health, reproductive health. And I just want to know, are there any tips you can give us, languages we should or shouldn't use or anything like that to help navigate that path? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have talked about mental health, you know, is is a big one we talk about now. It's very normal. Um, there's a lot of education now around normal, uh, about mental health and normalizing, um, that conversation. Um, and, and that didn't used to be the, the, the case, uh, a long time ago, um, talking about your mental health was very, very taboo. That wasn't something that anybody wanted to talk about. You know, they, they didn't want to share that, um, to, to say that you were struggling mentally was not something people, people shared, um, and now that's not the case. It's it's very normal. People will will talk about their mental health. It's encouraged for you to talk about your mental health. It's something when you go to your doctor's office, they will ask you, you know, if you're if you're struggling with that. Um, and that is just part of normal healthcare now. And it's not the case with your sexual health. Um, it's still very taboo. It's it's taboo to talk about sex. Um, it's t- it, and it shouldn't be that way. Um, so I think that normalizing that conversation is, uh, is something that we really need to continue to, to, uh, talk about. I think it's something that we should normalize in our, uh, healthcare fields. Um, when young people go in to have just a normal appointment, I think it's something that they should feel safe talking with their, their providers about. Um, you know, we, see now a little bit more it's becoming um the conversation about hiv is a little bit more um accepted in society where you know people will come out and they'll say celebrities especially you know i've been living with hiv um, and you have them uh out there in the forefront kind of paving that way but you don't see young girls stand up and say you know i've i've struggled with gonorrhea or chlamydia, you know, that's not something that, that they'll be willing to say, but in our society, I don't think people understand that in some areas of, of our, uh, of the United States, a lot of young men won't wear a condom. They, they won't wear a condom when they have sex with women. And so these women are struggling with getting these, these, uh, STIs and having to go in and get treated for them because they're not educated in the fact that there's actually female condoms out there and they can protect themselves. So there's a lot of education that's lacking. And just because we're not willing to talk about it, we're not willing as even providers are nervous about talking about it with their patients, because again, sex is not something that we've been willing to talk about and normalize in in our society. So I think maybe instead of talking about sex, 
it should be more like sexual health. Like, let's talk about your sexual health. You know, we don't need to know about your sex life. Um, that's private. That's personal. Whatever you're doing in your sex life is fine. We want to talk about your sexual health. We want to make sure you're protected. We want to make sure you're safe. We want to, do you, uh, do you understand what you can do to protect yourself? So whatever you're doing is completely your business, but we want to provide you with the tools that can protect you so that you don't have to worry about, you know, going out and contracting something that maybe in the long run, we can't give you that will clear it up, right? You'll be living with this forever. So I think that's more of the conversation we should be having, not just with the community and, you know, and, and people in the community, but also our healthcare providers and, and being willing to bring that up more with their patients and not being scared to do that. Oh, for sure. I think a lot of people don't realize that their healthcare provider is the perfect person to talk to about that. Mm -hmm. And it's a safe place to talk mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Especially with, and, and not just with the young folks, but also, you know, our 55 and older population, you know, the, the fact that people, you know, assume maybe that, that, that sex is not happening amongst those, the, that population. And it is, and that population didn't get education, even more so didn't get education mm -hmm. you know, at, at their young age. And they are, you know, they think, well, you know, I'm not going to get pregnant, so I don't need to use protection. Um, I, you know, there's, there's that out there and their divorce rates are higher than ever. So they're, they're having more sexual partners. There's a lot that goes on that we need to start thinking about and having that conversation and bringing that back you know, into our healthcare um, settings where we can have that conversation with those people openly, it not be um, taboo anymore, and that be okay. And just say, hey, whatever you're doing is fine. And we're not here to judge that there's there's nothing judgmental about that. But we want to educate you so that you're you're protected. That is, it's a, it's a big lift, especially thinking, you know, how the provider patient relationship maybe isn't the best state it's been in the last couple of decades um, with changing and aging out of providers or changing um, healthcare system. So thank you for doing that and really starting to help promote that amongst the providers. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's a, you know, and it, it's a, again, like you said, they, you know, it's a kind of a, let's get in and get out of those appointments. We, mm -hmm. you know, people are, are having to, um, it's very hard to get in with a provider now, you know, and they, the providers are packed with their patients and their days are packed. And so they're just trying to get through, you know, each patient. And so just to take that extra time and just say, Hey, you know, just want to also bring this up and just make sure, is there anything you need? We have condoms here. Is there anything you want to talk about? You know, a lot of STIs are asymptomatic. Could you, are, you know, if you're sexually active, would you like a test? Would you like a free test? You know, there's some things that we can do to just make sure that people have access to things that they should have access to, you know, sexual health should be, should, there should be, it should be free to have access to sexual health Without a doubt. services. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a perfect, perfect catalyst. Cause I'm going to switch the tables and Rod Bell is going to pull you in and kind of talk through Sagebrush Health and find out if there was a catalyst or set of events that prompted the creation of Sagebrush's mission to improve sexual health? So Sagebrush Health um, started in 2020. Uh, we started with a rheumatology practice and we started developing from there, uh, from rheumatology to neurology to primary care. And I think the focus started mainly when 
when leadership started noticing um, the lack of care and the need in the community for uh, in certain areas. And the vision that the, the leadership had at that time was great because they seen a need and and they jump into action. Um, so ever since since the company started, uh, we were looking for for ways. How can we improve the community work? Where can we come in and make a change? Where is there a need? And we're making that happen. We with the services that we're providing right now, um, I feel like we're we we're keeping our promise to to our community that that we're here. Um, we we created a safe space for people to come in. As Jamie mentioned, most people have sex, right? Sex is a very natural thing. Um, so we came in and we wanted to change the the way that the people will look at it, right? You go to your doctor when you when you have diabetes or when you have high blood pressure, and you discuss that. You discuss your symptoms, how are you feeling, your medications, do you need treatment, and and there was a lack of of sexual health providers or like places that will make you feel comfortable or welcome or, um, you know, and and we were also able to create a network of of community partners um, that had been a great support system. Because ultimately, um, like I mentioned, our, our goal and our promise to the, to the community was like, we're here, we got you, um, we've got you covered, right? And and it was mainly that, like uh, when, when we seen the the lack of care and 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 the high need um, for the community, that's when we decided to take action, and and it's been working out. We made a, a very impactful change in the community, and and. Not, it's not always just showing up and and providing testing or or treatment. It's it's a lot of the time is providing information, right? Um, resources and 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 educating the community really um, has taken us a, a long way. That's incredible. Yeah, I love that your your physicians saw a need in the community that wasn't even in their specialty and said, you know what, let's let's do this. Let's figure out how to fix that. Um, it's a great story and says a lot for the providers that you guys have at Sagebrush. Well, let's get into the details of your program. Um, Jamie, I'd love for you to explain to our listeners exactly what you guys do. Um, and it, it amazes me as I look at your scope and everything that you do for free with community education and testing, pre and post exposure medication, sexual assault services harm reduction services, incarcerated population, STI testing, like hitting on all these things that we need. Can you tell us about the program and and how it works and how you guys manage to do all of this? Yeah. So, well, I mean, I give a lot of credit to Rod Bell and his team, of course, for all of that. I mean, a lot of those uh, services are set up by him and and his amazing team. Um, And you touched on a lot of them. Um, a, a big part of what we do too is we realize that there's a huge stigma out there for people going in to get tested at the, you know, STD clinic. Um, to, to do that is, is a, is a big thing for people. You know, they don't want to walk in, um, to a clinic and get tested or there's, there's fear in that. There's fear around walking in you know, to, to get that testing for a, a variety of reasons. Right. And so, um, a big, a big, thing that we started doing was going to their point of care, um, offering that service where they're already going in to get care, um, going in to receive, you know, services in their specialty care and their primary care clinic um, with their doctor. So we've partnered with a lot of um, area specialties um, and specialty doctors, and we are 
providing those services in their clinic where the patients are already going in to get services. They're already feeling comfortable. Um, and we're providing those screenings. Hey, you know, we're giving them something saying we are providing these services. Could you be at risk for any of these, um, STIs? Would you like, you know, a free test? Here are the services that we provide and it's confidential. Uh, we're able to, you know, if you don't want to do it there, um, you don't want to go, you know, get your blood drawn. Uh, you don't want to have a test and insta test. That's fine. If you want to do it in the privacy of your own home, we will drop ship you a test, um, in your house and you can self administer that test. Um, you can send it off. The results will come in and we will, you know, if, if they're positive for anything, we will treat you for free. Um, and, and it can be all confidential and in, you know, again, the privacy of your own home. So we've tried to create some different angles to make people feel very, very comfortable. And, and the goal is, of course, to give access to as many people as possible because access is one of the biggest struggles we've seen is that, you know, people either don't have access to treatment or prevention services, um, for a number of reasons, right? You know, they don't have transportation or they don't have, um, or it's stigma, um, for, for a variety of reasons. So we're, we're trying to make access a big, a big key element here where we will send it to you. We will, we will do whatever we need to do to make sure that you can get tested, you can get treated. Um, if you want prevention, uh, like we said, with the prevention of HIV, the prep services, um, we can do that. We can uh, make sure that you get those services. They're free. Um, you can give us a call. We can make sure they're mailed to your house. We can do a telehealth visit if you're unable to get to our offices. That's also provided. We do PEP services. Um, if you've been exposed to HIV, um, and if there is a, you know, within a 72 hour time frame, if you get a hold of our offices, we can make sure that you can get prevention services, um, that way. To, to try and prevent um, HIV in that manner. Uh, like uh, you talked about, we do have some harm reduction services that we are involved in. Um, there's a lot uh, of, of things that we're trying to do to make sure that access to all of our services um, are, are available. And so we have um, scaled that as much as we can. We're in um, Reno now, so we're doing that and and growing that out of Reno. Um, we're just really trying to make sure that we can reach as many people as possible with as much as we can. So impressive. Yeah. So Rod Bell, since you first started the programs and with your team, have you seen where or where have you seen the biggest impacts? And are those different than what you thought they would be? So one of the biggest impacts that I've noticed um, lately within the last few months, um, besides HIV care and STD care, um, something that we noticed is the syphilis. Um, itself is on the rise and we there is a shortage of treatment like bicillin has been um, back order for a while um, it is kind of hard to get we we were lucky enough to to be able to to have enough inventory to be helping out the community especially because syphilis is also on the rise on pregnant women and and that is crucial right um, so making that change and being able to provide that service and 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 have that positive impact on somebody that is going to deliver in two weeks, in four weeks, in six weeks, or maybe somebody that came in randomly for a test, um, and and they so happen to be to be positive for syphilis, um, we, we, in and without being able to treat you right then and then at the moment and, and making that change, I feel like that'd be very very impactful in the community um, because we are able to treat you, to test you, and 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 to keep on going. Um, 
for you to have a healthy delivery and, and no complications during delivery. I feel like that that has been one of the biggest um, impacts lately that I have noticed um, in the community. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of what Rod Bell says, if I can, um, syphilis is incredibly expensive to treat normally if you don't have insurance. Um, even with insurance, it's incredibly expensive to treat. Um, but with our program, if you do not have insurance, um, we can treat you for free. So if you, um, or if you're underinsured, um, uh, please come and see us because we have this program set up to where we will treat you. We do not want you to feel like, you know, there's no option to get treated, especially if you're a pregnant woman. Um, you know, it's, it's detrimental to a child, uh, in utero if you are a woman and you're pregnant, uh, and you have syphilis. So, um, please come and see us because we can make sure that you're treated um, and and it's free of charge. We will not charge you anything for that treatment. So um, that is a, a, a one of the most proud things that I am about our program is that we can treat syphilis for free. Incredible, incredible. So you guys have all these things in place to remove barriers, um, the telehealth, the shipping to people's homes. One of the most brilliant things that I think you guys do is the rapid testing on site at Walmart, at nightclubs, at consulates, at the gym, literally meeting people where you are or where they are rather. So are you able to share a, a success story from that? Mm, that's a really good question. Rod Bell set all of that up. And so that that is actually amazing that he did that. So when when we started like developing the program, we were we were thinking outside the box, right? We um like Jamie mentioned, we we have an amazing team. It's it's a big group of people that that we all work together to make this happen. And usually we're pitching in like, what do you think? Where should we go? How do we make this more accessible to people? And 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 that's where the idea started of let's go to the consulate, let's go to the gym, let's be present at places where you can think of, right? Um, because sometimes you show up to a pharmacy or a health center and they're doing free screenings for diabetes, free screenings for your blood pressure or um cholesterol, and 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 there was something missing. And that's where we came in and we changed that. So um, being able to provide services uh, at random places where you're actually not expecting it um, has been has been very rewarding because people actually want to get tested and people want to learn and and they want to know more about it. And and again, like the I feel like the numbers of people of, of patients that are on prep now, uh, based on on these events and 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 this outreach. Um, has been going up, which is it's a great thing because PrEP is an amazing preventative uh, measure uh, for HIV. And the impact that we've had in the community um, by being present and, 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 and by testing people at places has been, has been great. Um, I think PrEP is, is one of those things too that I think a lot of people think is only for gay men, um, and it's not. So, uh, you know, PrEP is for anyone. Re really, what we always say is if you're having sex, um, PrEP is is something you should consider um, because, it, you know, it, it prevents HIV. And so if you're having sex, that's something that, it, you know, is something you should you should think about. And, and how long has PrEP been around? Because I've actually only seen it advertised or made aware of in the last two to three years. Yeah, I I mean, I think that PrEP's been around, and, and Rod Bell could probably speak to this a, a lot more. I mean, I've, we've been doing PrEP since I was in the, in my clinic um, back for at least eight years ago. So um, I think it just, 
with all the advertising. It's it's become more more prevalent and available. But I mean, Rob Bell might be able to speak to it a, a little bit better than I can from a uh, that standpoint. So preps are being available um, around 2012 in the market. Um, at that point, there was only one option, and 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 it was a great option. It was it was a new treatment. It was a new uh, preventative measure, and and I feel like it changed the game for the good. Um, a few years, fast forward a few years, we now have three different options. We have two oral medications that are taken daily, and an injection that's taken biweekly. And as Jamie mentioned, prep is not only is not only available, or, or it wasn't only intended for for the LGBT community. Um, it is also available for for women and for uh, straight men. Um, there is an option for everybody, and and it reduces the risk um, by 99% and in contracting HIV. Um, and it reduces the, um, the risk of contracting HIV by 74% in people that uses IV drug, IV drugs. And, and so PrEP is, it's an amazing thing. It's one of the, the greatest uh, tools that we have available um, as a preventive measure. Um, and, and that is one of the services that we offer for free as Sagebrush. Um, to everybody, um, insure, uninsure, it doesn't matter where you come from, uh, we, what, what your immigration status. I feel like that is something that, that it's also worth mentioning. A lot of people that, that doesn't have a legal status or um, in the U.S. think that, oh, because I don't have a status, I can go to the doctor or I can get treated or I can go get seen. Uh, we don't look at none of that. Um, I feel like when we wanted to make a change and when we wanted to, to have an impact on the community, um, that was for everybody. It was across the board. And so that is not something that stops us from caring for somebody. And, and people shouldn't think that because you don't have a status, you're not able to receive the care. There is options available for everybody. And that was one of the, the, the biggest reasons that we wanted to reach out to, per se, in this case, the Mexican consulate or the Salvadorian consulate. Because uh, with me being Latino, I, I, I knew that there was a lack of education in these specific topics. And and of a legal status or because of a language barrier that we're not able to be to go somewhere and receive this care and and we're changing that as well we we're here we're present and a status does not stop you from from receiving care or from receiving treatment um we're here for everybody that is so amazing and i just kind of want to stop and celebrate you guys but i can't right now so we keep going um jamie with the success that sagebrush is having and the day-to-day -day impact on the community how are you going to ensure, how do you ensure that the impact you're having today will have the longevity it needs? And what do you think you'll define the Sagebrush -like legacy as? Um, I think that uh, to try and continue um, is a, a big conversation we continue to have. Um, we need support from, you know, the community, our community partners. That's a, that's a big one. Um, the uh, we look constantly towards um, who can we partner with? How can we continue the outreach that we're doing? Um, where is the uh, the need the greatest? Um, I think that is the the biggest conversation um, that we're always talking about. Is you know um, if there's a need, how can we how can we get to that? And then who, if we need to, do we partner with in order to? To make that successful, so um, in order for longevity, you know, we can't do it alone. We've got to, we've got to have a partner. We've got to have, you know, that um, partnership to to continue to to progress. Um, I think for our 
you know, our legacy, um, I definitely want to continue to, um, to spread outside of Nevada. That is our, that is my goal, at least. Um, I, you know, personally, <laughs> um, I, I hopefully can speak for the um, organization. Um, you know, HIV, Hep C, uh, STIs, they, they don't know any color. They, they don't know any gender. They don't know any economic status. They don't know any state specific, you know, they are country. I mean, they're just, you know, it's, it's everywhere. And so, um, sagebrush is growing and, um, I think that our outreach should grow with it. And, um, we should not just stay in one place. I think that we should we should continue to grow, and that is my hope: is that we eventually will um, be in all fifty states and be able to provide these services. I think that um, I think that sexual health care should be free for everybody, and um, I think these services should be free for everybody. I think if we're going to try and help eliminate um, the spread of HIV. I think, um, if we're going to help try and educate people, it can't just be in one location. I think we have to be able to partner with everybody and continue to move outside of our spaces. So that's my, my goal and hope, but you know, um, you know, crawl, walk, run. So we're doing that (laughs) (laughs) one step at a time. I mean, that is a beautiful goal and legacy. And I have to say, just as we've been talking this morning, I've been, it keeps going through my head. This is a this is a public health issue. Mm-hmm. This isn't a Nevada issue. This isn't even an STI issue. It's a public health mm-hmm. issue. And you guys are treating people with dignity and allowing them to get the care they need. So I hope that your goal comes true and that 20 years from now, we're not talking about this because this is just something you go down to the corner, you know, health department or wherever, anywhere maybe, and get it taken care of. So I hope you guys inspire that to spread. I appreciate that. So Rod Bell, while we're talking about big lofty goals, um, what's next for Sagebrush Health? What's next for Sagebrush Health? I think, I think like Jamie mentioned, our our goal um, is to start expanding and and being able to to reach our communities where there's a lack of care there's a lack of there is a lack of a lack of care everywhere there is a need everywhere but there are specific communities that that need it the most and and i feel like our goal like jamie said is that it's get out of nevada and and expand as much as we can and and just being able to reach out communities um and making a um a powerful uh, change an impact and and offering these services and just normalizing sexual health and i feel like normalizing sexual health and just talking about it like we talk about anything else, um, will reduce the stigma and it will reduce HIV and STD rates just as much as treatment and and prep and other prevention measures that we have. So our goal is that just to expand and to be able to provide these services to 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 every community and and to ensure that there is not a shortage of a provider that can prescribe your HIV treatment and that you can you have somebody that you can go in and, and talk about syphilis and be like. I think this might be, I, I had an exposure, I had a high risk and, and it's normal, right? Like we talk about normal and, and our goal is for us to be able to do that here in Nevada, but then also in Connecticut and South Carolina and Pennsylvania, like you name it. Um, 
I feel like that is next for Sagebrush, and I can I can see that happening in the near future because we're we're in the right path. And just like Jamie mentioned as well, um, we couldn't do this alone. Um, and just creating this relationship with community partners and and people that does what we do or that offers some sort of services, um, it, it is crucial because because we cannot do it alone and. It takes a village, and here in Nevada, we have a village. Uh, we have amazing community partners that, if we, if I can help you with this, I'll send you. Uh, I'll connect you to somebody that can. Um, I know who can do this. Like, let me take you over. Let me send you over. So we want to create this network in different states, so that we we are able to to offer the services that we offer here in Nevada everywhere, and and so that we are an option for everybody across the country. That's so fantastic. And so inspiring, and I hope you get to replicate as often as possible, um, just for the greater good. Uh, and it's inspiring. So that leads me to the the big kind of warm fuzzy question. Um, you guys are inspiring to us. Who or what organizations or what people are inspiring to you guys currently that you feed and draw from? Jamie, I'll let you take off. Yeah. Um there's a lot of, um, of course, organizations that inspire me. I will say from an individual aspect, I am constantly inspired by case managers um, and care, our care coordinators, especially, um, but care coordinators and case managers, um, people that do the testing, the actual do the testing and then care for, um, you know, the, the, the folks that are um, positive, especially for HIV. Um, that is really who inspire me. It takes a really certain kind of person to, um, to deliver that news to a person, um, you know, that they are positive, um, and then to take on that, um, that care, uh, case management care coordinator, you know, job to get them into care, to walk them through that, that step of, you know, um, moving into that life and, 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 and caring for them because they follow that person and make sure that they are then, um, that they're, they're getting the care that they need. Uh, so that I see them do it every day. I see them take care of patients. Um, I see them, you know, coordinate that care with providers, um, getting them, uh, you know, into, to the medications that they need, but really it's the, just that, that testing and watching them, them do that day in and day out that really that's a really tough job and they do it with compassion and they do it with sensitivity um, and they do it without judgment. Um, and they do it, you know, in areas that they go down and um, they will test, you know, the homeless population, they will test IV drug users. Um, they will go into areas that, you know, maybe not the, the safest areas that you would think of. They go and, um, they, they go out in rural communities, uh, you know, they make themselves accessible to the community to, to do testing and, um, they are really incredible. And so I definitely inspired by them every cool. day. So, so Rod Bell, Jamie took all the case managers off the chart. You can't name <laughs> them now. So where, where do you draw your inspiration from? I like to get inspiration everywhere I go. Like, um, for example, if I show up into a clinic and I'm helping with something, I I just love to hear the way 
our providers, our MAs, our front desk, our, our team talks to people. But then if I go to a different clinic, uh, we work really closely with the health department here in, in Southern Nevada and showing up and just seeing everything that they do um, from the door all the way to the back. It's, it's inspiring because this is a kind of job and a kind of field that you have to do it because you love what you do. You cannot force it. Um, there is a lot of information. There is a lot of constant changes. Um, there is a lot of people that comes in through the doors. So you really, really have to to love what you do and and seeing people loving what they do and, and showing that to the patients and, and, and the way that they care and treat them. It's That is very inspiring. The, the way that you walk them by and and you talk to them and you tell them, like, you'll be okay. We've, we've got you. We're here. Uh, we're here to help. Um, I, I find inspiration on that and, and how our community partners and our team and, and everybody treats our, our patients um, from the moment they show up until the moment they leave. Um, that is very inspiring because, again, it takes love for us to do what we do um, because it is a very challenging field. It is a, it is a constant change. It is constant new information that we have to, to receive and to provide and, and just being present and being part of the field, I feel, like that's already inspiring as as is. Very cool. Is there anything that our community, our listeners, our support can do for your organization? I think definitely, um, you know, spreading the word about just, you know, where the services are provided. If anybody is in need uh, of testing, of services, of, of you know, uh, it, prevention services, education, just knowing that that we're there, um, that we have those available. Um, and just also helping with the just education themselves and your know, awareness. Awareness is huge. Um, stigma still is here. Um, they think uh people think, you know, HIV um is still uh, you know, if, if someone has HIV or even an STI in general, that that there's something dirty about that. Or there's something, um, there's some sort of, sort of a, a, there's still a stigma around that with someone that there's something wrong with that person. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a really, uh, it wraps around the whole lack of awareness. Um, and I think just educating yourself, helping educate the community, um, it, it would bring a, a, a different aspect in general, uh, to our, just our world and, you know, as a whole about STIs, um, HIV, and, and how that is affecting our, our population um, of sexual health and, and how that is a, uh, the spread of, of that could probably diminish greatly if we just had a little bit more awareness. So spread, spread the awareness. Spread the awareness. And we'll, we'll stop a little, we'll stop some spread. That's the right. Perfect. That's right. Thank you guys. Wow, I am beyond impressed by the way that Sagebrush Health is approaching sexual health with dignity, professionalism, and education. We wish them much success, so much that maybe they can work themselves out of a job. If you want to learn more, you can find them at sagebrushhealthcare.org.